you're going to have to forgive me for this, but after the Pelicans back-to-back wins, I told you so. I told you so. This team is going to be all right, and they showed you that with Brandon Ingram's play in the win over the Lakers and the blowout victory over the Kings. Let's break down both of those in today's episode of Lockdown Pelicans. Let's go. We get to have fun now. The team is good again. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you on this Monday, we get to have a fun show. Two back-to-back wins for the New Orleans Pelicans, wins over the Los Angeles Lakers. That one always feels good. And then on the second night of back-to-back, which is Something to keep in mind with that, a blowout win over the Sacramento Kings, who have been really good this year. Almost two statement wins by the Pelicans, showing maybe they are, in fact, back. And these are two we're going to really look at. We'll look at kind of the big picture with this team, too. Plus, the trade deadline is this week, so we're going to talk about that in the third segment of today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com promo code Locked On. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down every. Every single thing you want to know about this Pelicans team, the good, the bad, it's much more good right now than bad after these two wins getting the ship righted. And we're going to be breaking down everything trade deadline. We've done a number of shows on prospects. Go watch those because those are going to be the names that are going to come up. And in tomorrow's episode, we'll look more about trade deadline stuff. And I'll give you a prediction, a couple of predictions, maybe. But today, we're going to look at the Pelicans getting back to winning ways, back-to-back wins, one over the Lakers, one over the, there's like stuff here, Sacramento Kings. These are big. You know, let's let's start with the Lakers here, and let's look at big picture with this team. You know, over the 10-game losing streak, I repeatedly said I wasn't panicking, that this team was going to be fine. You know, they were in a slump, they were injured, things weren't great, the vibes weren't even the best around the team, but the makings of the team was still there. The roster hasn't changed, right? The team that was first in the West, that was third in the West, the team that we thought might be the deepest team in the league, all still there, just going through some things, some things they needed to work through, try and figure out, and maybe you just needed to get healthy and get your best players back. And they did that in a big way against the Los Angeles Lakers. There's not enough that you can say about Brandon Ingram. You know, I know a lot of people had turned on him over that, but that wasn't just a toe contusion. That was closer to turf toe, a deeper foot injury, and he needed to just get right. And we saw some flashes of it from him in that win, or that win, that loss over the Denver Nuggets, the comeback attempt against the Dallas Mavericks, and then he put it all together in the game against the Los Angeles Lakers. Keep in mind in this game that the Lakers were fully healthy and going for it. LeBron played. Anthony Davis played. Russell Westbrook, who was questionable, played. They wanted that victory. And the Pelicans said, "Uh uh-uh. Brandon Ingram in this one, 35 points, 15 of 28. He was 
excellent. Five rebounds, four assists, just three turnovers. Playing defense, being clutch on offense, doing everything he needed. He closed it down the stretch. His style of play and what he does, which is isolation-based and mid-range base, is key. Teams will give you that mid-range shot, particularly in the postseason. They're going to take away the rim. They're going to try and defend the three-point line. They'll give you the mid-range shot, which of all of the shots is the least efficient. But if you have a dude who hits them like Brandon Ingram does, sign me up. It was mid-ranger after mid-ranger after mid-range in the fourth quarter, taking what the defense gave, which is his shot, and watching the ball go in. And it was just contagious. You saw the team really elevate and play well. Jose Alvarado with the second unit providing that scoring spark. Larry Nance Jr. playing excellent defense, going at Anthony Davis, particularly in the fourth quarter. Trey Murphy going for 21 points. We'll talk more about him in the next segment. Making four of nine from three, but also being aggressive, playing defense, rebounding. The entire team cutting down on the turnovers, just 10. This is the team that we know is capable of being really good. And sometimes you just need your leader to step up and others will follow. And that's what happened with Brandon Ingram being back. It's really simple. When he's healthy and finally playing well, this team was going to get victories. I kept telling y'all that. In a game that they were underdogs, people weren't thinking they were going to win. I can't tell you how many tweets were in the comments down below on YouTube. Please, by the way, comment there, even if it's negative or on Twitter or other shows, right? Saying, well, I don't know where the next win's going to be. The wins were being built too. They were coming. This reminds me of what Willie Green said last year on that awful start. You know, the games they're losing now are going to lead to wins in February, March, April, where they just got to work through some things, figure some things out, and use that adversity as a building block. And that's what this Pelicans team did on that 10-game losing streak. Most of those were close. When people were saying this is an entirely different team out there, it's not. It wasn't. They're just injured. And a couple guys were in slumps. Trey Murphy was in a shooting slump. He's out of that in a big way. Herb Jones was in a shooting slump and having some trouble with his defense with the way he was being officiated. But watch what he did against the Sacramento Kings, even in this game, flying around, just being a menace defensively. Four steals for Herb Jones. You know, those four steals lead to transition opportunities for New Orleans. So he's creating easier offense for him, even if he's not actively involved in it or a scorer himself. But New Orleans got back to doing what they do best, including dominating the paint 62-58 to 58 over the Lakers. This was a strong performance from a team that's been on the upswing and that really wanted to take this shot at the Pelicans and beat them. Then they would have traded places in the standings. That would have been huge for the Lakers. A big morale boost from them and a big shot to, uh, you know, to the Pelicans. And New Orleans said, uh-uh. It was a close game. They were down 11 at halftime but had the fortitude to come back. And it really starts with Brandon Ingram. CJ was good and efficient in that game too. And things started snowballing and you saw them building confidence as it went on. You know, that confidence started in that second half against the Dallas Mavericks when Luka Doncic was out. Star players matter. And they started to come back. And I bet that game, talking to them and the team, you know, this past weekend, they realized they can get these wins. You just got to put it together. And they were able to do that here. And that's a big reason why they then steamrolled. And let's talk about that next, coming up here next, against the Sacramento Kings. You wanted to see where the depth was? This is where they showed off that they might be the deepest team in the league. Let's look at what they did and talk about what they did last night against the Sacramento Kings. Before we do that, though, 
Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Uh, you want to take CJ McCollum over 21 and a half points. You want to take a guy like Trey Murphy over 12 and a half points. That probably is definitely the move. You can do that all. And prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. You pick two to six players. And if they go score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. And the best part, you're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections. No professional gamblers here making your life hard. Use your sports knowledge. You know what's going to happen in these games. You can put that to use over prize picks and they offer projections on any sport you watch entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's that easy they also offer safe and fast withdrawals and they're currently operational in over 30 states in canada so download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports first-time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 with promo code locked on if you deposit 100 prize picks will give you 100 if you deposit 50 prize picks will give you 50 dollars. don't forget enter promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all. The only show coming to you like that completely free. Shooting you straight, I told you the team was going to be okay. You feel they're pretty good right now, right? And now for your second listen, the NBA trade deadline is approaching and Lockdown has you covered Thursday, February 9th. Tune into Lockdown NBA on YouTube at 2 Eastern to hear reactions from the trades that will change the rest of the NBA season. Who becomes contenders and who is tanking for a better future? Subscribe to Lockdown NBA on YouTube and don't miss a deal. So let's look at the Pelicans on the second night of a back-to-back and keep that in mind, right? Second night of a back-to-back. This team's coming off 10 straight losses. Some guys have clearly been taxed like C.J. McCollum. And they're playing on the second night of a back-to-back against the Sacramento Kings, who are third in the West, have one of the best offenses in the league. They have an all-star in Demonis Sabonis. Now, they get a bit of a break. No De'Aaron Fox, who I think was having birth of his second child, something like that, that he missed the game for. But then the Pelicans get their own blow, right? No Brandon Ingram wasn't initially on the (laughs) injury report. And like two minutes later, it's like, oh, he's out. Experiencing some soreness in the foot. Nothing's re-injured. Nothing's re-aggravating. They're probably just doing this as a precaution. Brandon Ingram was out before the game, shooting around, going through his normal warm-up. I think they just don't want to rush him back and risk any sort of re-injury given how key he's been to the team and how much they need him. So this is a game that all of a sudden becomes harder for them. No Jonas Valanciunas in this game either, missing his first game of the season with injury. You know, just when it seems like they're catching a break, right? Great, this happens. The injury's coming up or rest, whatever it is. Turned out to not be a big deal at all. The Pelicans beat the Sacramento Kings 136-104. They were up by 34 points in this one. This one was over well before halftime. My season ticket buddy, my partner who has the ticket next to me, left in the middle of the third quarter and it was completely safe to do so because this game was done. The Kings were just cooked and the Pelicans looked awesome, awesome. This is where the depth started to shine. You know, during their 10-game losing streak, it was like literally just a perfect storm. Trey's in a slump. Herb's in a slump for what he gives you. No Brandon Ingram, no Zion Williamson, CJ being overworked, right? Larry Nance Jr. still being a little bit banged up, not having guards that can get the ball to Jonas Valanciunas to have him carry you. All of those things. Then when those things get fixed, which they do and they have been fixed and, you know, happens, things are okay. Trey Murphy, 
you know, right after doing some great shooting against the Los Angeles Lakers, just pops off in this game. And are you surprised? I'm not. 30 points for him in the start. 9 of 11 shooting, 30 points on 11 shots. Like, think about that one for a second. 6 of 8 from 3, 6 of 7 from the free throw line, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, 1 turnover. Just an insanely efficient performance from him. Six made threes on eight attempts, 75%. Getting to the basket, getting fouled, being aggressive. He said after the game, you know, Brandon Ingram wasn't in, so he needed to do his Brandon Ingram impression, and he certainly did that. You had Najee Marshall, who hasn't been a starter other than the injuries, right? But he comes in, 17 points, six rebounds, four assists, just two turnovers, 7 of 12, getting downhill, getting fouled, getting to the line. A bunch of and ones for him. Didn't shoot the free throws well, but still. Larry Nance Jr., surprise starter in this one. First start of the season, right? 10 points, 9 boards, but he's a plus 37, which was best on the team. And he just kept Demonis Sabonis in check. Sabonis, who many people were claiming should be the starter over Zion Williamson in the All-Star game. Sabonis had the weakest, quietest double-double you're going to hear. 12 points, 11 boards. 5 of 10 shooting, that's it. Because they shut him down. Larry Nance Jr., a role player, a bench player for New Orleans, shut him down. Herb Jones in this one, you don't even see it in the stat sheet. He was just blowing everything up defensively. CJ, 24 points on 11 shots, was aggressive, was making his threes, three of four from deep, four assists, right? Jackson Hayes, four steals in this one. Jose Alvarado leading the second unit. Billy Hernan Gomez, after a bunch of DMPs, getting his number called 22 points, 16 rebounds. Kyra Lewis Jr., who'd been calling for more playing time, 11 points, four boards, four assists in 21 minutes. He made two threes, the two threes he took. This is where the depth started to shine. When guys were playing well, sometimes you just need to be at home. Antonio Daniels says on the broadcast when it comes to shooting and scoring, you know, once you see one go in, sometimes that's all you need and you can get better from that and kind of build off that. Maybe the Pelicans just needed to see a win. And I'll tell you, watching this game in person and watching the Lakers game too, the vibes were certainly different around the team. You know, against the Dallas Mavericks, they looked for the fir- in the first half pretty defeated. And that's when I finally was like, that's not the team we've been seeing. They've been close to wins before, but in that game, they just looked done. This one, man, the vibes from the beginning of the season were there. They were going ballistic, bonkers, bananas on the sideline. Larry Nance Jr. in the fourth quarter during the t-shirt toss, when they're just trying to keep fans in the seats and not have people leave early, comes off the bench, doesn't need to be in the huddle, grabs a couple of shirts and starts throwing them into the stands. He's having some fun with this. Guys were jumping up and down. The attitude the positive vibes, all back that never just vanishes and evaporated like a lot of people wanted y'all to think and a lot of you were saying. That is still there. But a 10-game losing streak will take that out of you a little bit. But once you start winning again and things get corrected, that starts to come back. It wasn't like that was gone for good. And it really starts with Brandon Ingram, though he didn't play in this, right? Really elevated the team on Saturday night and they were able to sustain that and carry that forward. That's important to keep in mind. When Zion comes back, which, by the way, is probably going to be sooner rather than later, you think they're not going to get another boost from that? That's going to be huge. That's going to affect the chemistry, the morale, the energy, the effort, all of those things. 
that matters just as much as some other things. And so that's why I've never panicked during this 10-game losing streak. The first time when I was like, screw this team, was that first half against the Dallas Mavericks, and they turned it around. Every other time, y'all heard me say it, things were going to be okay. There's still a good team here. They just need to work through some things. But you're starting to see it come back in a weird way. They're not going to necessarily go on like a 10-game winning streak. They might lose, have another losing streak. But that essence of the team, right, almost like the soul of the team maybe is a better way to put it, something like that, is still there. And there's still plenty of time for them to put that all together before the postseason. Yeah, the injuries might mean you're not going to be a top four seed. You're not going to be the one seed, the two seed, the three seed, maybe the four, who knows. But you still are going to feel really good about this team going into the postseason, even if they have to go in through the play-in tournament, aren't you? We get to the end of the regular season, and it's like the Pels are the 10th seed. You're going to say they're going to win this whole thing. Or they're going to win the play-in tournament to get in. And now, with things being righted and you being reminded of how good this team is, they weren't. it wasn't a fluke that they were number one. It wasn't a fluke that they held the third spot for a while. And they only lost that when everyone got injured. And that threw things off. And now guys are kind of stepping back up. Guys are coming out of slumps like Trey Murphy, right? You're seeing the importance of a guy like Larry Nance Jr. And now... Here's the question that I'm going to ask today and talk about in the next segment, and we're going to really look at this tomorrow. Do the Pelicans think they can be true title contenders this year? And by title contender, I mean conference finals, so one of the final four teams. Because the trade deadline is Thursday, and trade season started earlier on Sunday. Let's look at that and what it means for the Pelicans coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. One of my goals, eat healthier, lose some weight, get in more shape. You don't want to compromise on taste when you're doing that, though, and that's why you've got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, these things are so delicious, you won't know they're good for you, so they're perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes them so good? For starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, one of my personal favorites, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how they make these things taste like a candy bar while having amazing macros, but they do. 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. I eat one for lunch every single day. So you don't need to wait around and get a box, even though I've been telling you for years to go to Built.com. You can get one at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. So go to Walmart, pick up a four-pack box of cookies and cream. Go to Sam's Club, grab the 13-bar box of churro. Built.com, also an option you can thank me later with your Built Bars. And thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down every single thing you want to know about this team. We're really going to look at the trade deadline tomorrow. We're also completely free in five days a week, coming to you like no one else is. Now, for your second listen, go check out Lockdown Saints. Hung out with Ross Jackson, host of that show this weekend. He's got a show on Derek Carr. Said the Saints are probably looking towards Derek Carr before it was tweeted nationally. He knows what's going on with the team. Are they going to fix the QB situation with Carr? I don't know how I feel about that. But Ross Jackson's going to tell you how to feel. So go make sure Locked on Saints is your second listen today. All right, so let's go wrap up the show talking a little bit about the trade deadline because that's really what we're going to be looking at a lot this week leading up to Thursday's trade deadline. By the way, live show on Locked on NBA. Just subscribe to that on YouTube, 2 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, so 1 p.m. our time. I'll probably be on there if... The Pelicans, you saw that, right? Make a move. So the trade market started. You know, the Rui Hakimura 
Hachimura trade for the Lakers was last week, week before, and that was a minor deal, but it really started with the, the Kyrie Irving stuff. I'm not a big, I'm not a Kyrie guy at all, kind of really hate him. I actually like that trade for the Mavs, though, given everything they gave up. I don't think it was too much, but that opened the floodgates. We don't need to wait for the Nets to make a move. That's done, which means other things are going to be going. The market's kind of been set, though Kyrie's market is probably pretty different from everyone else's. So I'm going to pose this question to you in tomorrow's show, but I'll tease it here. Do you think this season the Pelicans can be a true title contender? Can they make the conference finals this season or next season too? Because that's what they're looking at their window somewhat being if they make a trade. I think there's plenty of reasons to make a trade. I think there's reasons to not make a trade, but it really comes down to how good do you think they can be this year? Do these two wins against the Lakers and the Kings in different fashions, but pretty good fashions, change your opinion? Or is that 10-game losing streak leaving a big stain on this team in your opinion? Those are the type of things that the front office and ownership is going to need to consider in all of this. Because this is a time where the Pelicans, if they think they can be a true title contender, you can go for it. You can absolutely go for it. There's names to go after. Boyan Bogdanovich, Malik Beasley. My personal favorite would be Gary Trent Jr. I'm not looking at OG Ananobi. You know, that could happen. I don't know if I want to give up a King's Ransom for him. There's a couple other names out there. But I think, uh, you know, a kind of mid-tier move for the Pelicans would be the right thing to do. Because I do think this team's really good. We could talk about Kevin Durant here, right? And if you've been watching the show for a while, and if you have, thank you. If you're new, appreciate you being here. Over the summer, I wasn't in favor of trading for Kevin Durant. I wasn't going to include Zion or or Brandon Ingram in a trade for Kevin Durant. And guess what? I'm still not going to do that. In fact, I said I don't really want to trade any of the young guys for Kevin Durant either. I want to kind of see this team grow. I'll be honest, my opinion on that's changed a little bit. And I'm going to explain that more in tomorrow's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Because I did tweet out. They should go after Kevin Durant. He's not going to be made available. The Nets aren't going to trade him. So it's not saying like they're on the phone or anything like that, right? Like that's not going to happen. But it does show kind of an evolution in my thinking, what I've seen from the team too. So I think that's going to be really interesting to look at. But the trade market, the trade deadline started Sunday with that move of Kyrie Irving in almost like shocking, shocking fashion. And... I'm excited for what it could mean for the Pelicans or the league. I'm also fine if they don't make a move. I do think this team is really good, as you've heard me repeatedly say. And there's something to be said for just kind of having homegrown talent that you brought along. And if you've heard me talk about future salary cap, future luxury tax concerns for this team, which aren't my concerns, spend the money. But I don't know if the team's actually going to do that. So when projecting going forward, we need to factor in realistic scenarios. But trade stuff has started, and that means the next couple of days are going to be pretty hectic. Be aware of people who are grifting. You always see this. Look, the Pelicans don't really leak things. You'll you'll know when something's close to happening. Every single person was talking about CJ. I was talking about CJ. Other people were talking about CJ, right? Because we're all hearing from the right people. No one was talking about other names. We were focused in on CJ McCollum for a reason. So... Keep that in mind when all of this stuff is going on. Don't get taken. Don't ask me about certain names that clearly aren't going to be there. You kind of know the names that the Pelicans are going to be looking at, and those are the correct names to really be looking at as of right now. Things do change, though. It's going to be fun. I'm excited for it. We're going to see if this team, I think they're good already. Can they get even better? And that's what I want to look at and talk about in tomorrow's episode of Locked on Pelicans. So I'll see you all then, and that's going to do it for this one. 
Nice to get some wins, huh? Feels good. A lot of relief there. Fun show to do here today. So thank you for being part of it. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow to talk a little bit more about the trade deadline, what I think the Pelicans are going to do, and what the Pelicans should 